Hello again, everyone. My name is David Bastel, alongside ARIA President David Oikel, and this is the Real Estate Edition podcast. Coming up on this episode, we talk with Tanya Artinozzi, realtor and broker of record, and also Paula Allen, who is the global leader of research and total well-being at LifeWorks. David, we talked about a lot of different subjects, and they were fantastic, some of them including common issues we have faced during the pandemic and still continue to this day, also that very important life-work balance. Yeah, it was a really a great conversation. Uh, you know, mental well-being is uh, prominent in uh, all our thinking. Uh, and Tanya shared some very personal experiences and stories uh, that uh, we can all uh, relate to and benefit from her experiences. And uh, Paula had uh, some very practical tips on, uh, on how to improve our mental well-being and uh, and I think that everybody will benefit from the conversation. It was a really it was a really terrific talk. LifeWorks is an online mental health and well-being program. It's free to all the real members. Also, a reminder to subscribe to the Real Estate Edition podcast where you are listening. Now, here's our conversation with Tanya and Paula. You're listening to this month's episode of the Real Estate Edition with host Dave Bastel and Aria President David Oikel. So good to talk to both of you. Can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? And Tanya, we'll start with you. Great, thanks. Um, Tanya Artinozzi, I'm the broker of record and owner of Coldwell Banker, the Real Estate Centre. And I'm also uh, the director at large with the Ontario Real Estate Association. Um, going into my second year. And so, you know, I love all things brokerage and uh, real estate and realtors, and I'm really passionate about organized real estate. So yeah, thanks for having me. And I'll jump in. Uh, I'm Paula Allen. I'm the global leader of research and total well-being at LifeWorks. And I've been with the organization for a number of years and, you know, starting my entire career have really focused on mental health and well-being in one way or another. Actually, I started out working with kids uh, and then moved to adults. You learn everything that you need to know about adults by focusing on, on kids. Uh, and just happy to be here, happy that, uh, that we're doing this podcast on these issues. Terrific. Um, you know, we're here today to talk about mental health and well-being in honor of uh, World Mental Health Day on October the 10th. You know, I know um, it's been uh, difficult on many of us. I know many of my clients have struggled. Um, so, Paula, can you talk about the impact mental health has had on the broader population as a whole during the pandemic? Yeah, it's, it's such an important question. And I, I think very often we hear in media, yes, there's been a mental health impact and, and things of that sort, almost so much that we're not really paying attention to what that actually means. And it's a very, very big deal for all of us. So with uh, what the pandemic brought, all the change, all the uncertainty, all the ups and downs, you know, you're on fire one minute and then you're cold another minute, you're dealing with kids, you're doing, like, it, it's a lot. And what, one of the things that we do at LifeWorks is that we actually look at the mental health of the working population and we've seen a measurable decline since prior to the pandemic. Uh, so more anxiety, more depression, a doubling of risk uh, in the population. So the proportion of the population that's at high risk and everyone else, even if those are not, you're not in the high risk category, we're seeing measurable edge 
So that just that feeling that you're a little bit more uh, attuned to, to stress, you know, you're responding more, you're feeling it more. So it, it really has a, had a significant impact on all of us. Yeah, it really has. Uh, edge is is probably the best word to first describe something like that. Uh, Tanya, can you maybe talk a little bit about your uh, the impact the pandemic has had on your mental health as a realtor? Because I guess Edge might be a, a way of starting that off as well. Right. Um, and definitely it is edge, right? Cause you, uh, in the real estate world, so I'm a broker owner. I actually don't, um, actually go out and sell real estate, but I have 209 salespeople that report to me. So, um, you know, I'm their coach, I'm their confidant. Um, I'm the person that they talk to without any judgment, right? You just pick up the phone, call me and I just listen. And I, I, I can't tell you how, how many uh, of my realtors called me. Um, and I, and I, what I find really interesting is that at the beginning, like March 2020, going into June, everybody was like, we're in lockdown, but we're going to work and we're going to get through it. I'm going to be I'm going to be superpower and I got it and I'm under control. And then as June turned into August, September, and now we're getting into the winter, you know, agents started calling me. I'd be like, hey, how's it going? And there'd be silence. Mm-hmm. And I'd be, I just sit there and say, you know what? Let it out. Let it out. Like, let's just put it all out there. You got to cry. Let the cry out. Men, women, it didn't matter. Um, and and that was how I was dealing with a lot of salespeople. They had all the good intentions and, and it became burnout. And there were a lot of them, when you say edge, um, who were all just said to me, you know, I've been doing great and doing great. I, I've been really managing. But now, now I don't know. My, my business is thriving. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going through the motions. But, but Tanya, I don't know. Like, it's not feeling right inside of me. There's something. I, and a lot of them was just like, just cry. Can you just cry it out? And we'd sit on the phone and cry together. Um, you know, because I just tell... I would just tell my people, like, there's no judgment here. I'm not super mom. I mean, I, I remember the first time I was practicing um, for our conference, Paula, the first one we did. And and, and I'll, I'll never forget, they were asking me the questions. And I started crying. And I'm like, what? Me cry? Why am I crying? I've got this all under control. But really, um, I actually had to sit with myself and listen and listen to what I was saying and say, I, I I really don't have all of it under control. So I, I think, um, you know, salespeople had a lot to deal with in the sense that they had to manage their clients' emotions. So I was managing their emotions and helping them through it. And they were like, I've never had to manage client fear this way or client uncertainty this way. And and then deal with my kids at home and and how do I do this, Tanya? And like, w- what can we do? Um, and so it was a lot of that, and it's still a lot of that. Um, I just think you know the good weather was around, so people were outdoors a little bit more. But yeah, it was it was something I never experienced or thought that I would be on the edge. Um, and 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 it was really there. But like I said, towards the middle and now leading into it. I know I'm rambling, but it was just so much I want to say there. No, his loss is very good. They're doing a good job. They're really trying. It was just, it's just, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting to see how all the control in their business and this just, you know, added a lot of, I just like uncertainty inside them because I don't know what other word to use. Um, and lots of, lots of crying, but not because we're sad. Like, yes, we're sad, but because that was the only way they knew how to release in order to have a conversation. And I'm like, 
it's great. I don't care if you're five or you're 50 or 70. Let's cry it out together. I'm I, it, No problem. I've learned it. I'm good. We can do this together. It's good that you've heard from your colleagues because it's no surprise that you have. So uh, outside of like client emotions, just like yeah. you said, I think that was a really good way of saying it. Uh, is that is that probably the most common issue that that they were facing, in your opinion, when you when you kind of look at the big, broad scope of things? So I, I think it was one of them. But I think the other things they were were facing is you know, as much as technology is in our face as realtors and, and we are promoting the use of it, uh, there I learned that there were still a lot of realtors like myself, I'm one of them, that we were hesitant towards technology and what that meant in our business. Um, and we had to change the way we were thinking. Right now we're going into virtual open houses. Yep. I don't know. This is a human to human business. Um, you know, I work well in front of you. Now I can't be. How do I deal with Zoom? So technology and that shift uh, from going to in-person versus um Zoom, uh, you know, FaceTime, um, or what other other fancy apps are out there, uh, you know, that was a big deal for them too. And then it really came down to what was my business going to look like? Was I going to have a business? Was the pandemic going to take my income away? How was my family going to survive? Um, none of us could foresee the way this market is going. It looks great, but it's not great for everybody. Um, you know, people, have, the real estate market is so um, diverse. You have buyer agents, listing agents, client relationship agents. There's so many facets to real estate. While it looks great in the headlines, it's not great for everybody. And that volume... And that demand, it was a demand. You have to help me find something. I have to sell this. Um, I don't want people in my house. Oh, I don't care if you do open houses. Follow protocol. It, it was really, it was a challenge to get into a routine that was going to work to help our clients and help ourselves be comfortable. We're a human business, face to face. That's how we get it done. And that was taken away from us Um you know, in person, and we had to adjust to going uh, online. And there was a lot of coaching around that. And, you know, we got through it, we did a great job. Um, but there, it was just more than managing client relationship it was managing our business, and then managing our family at home. And that's a whole other topic about kids being at home. Yeah. And now your mom, your dad, your teacher, your gym teacher, your science, and you're doing business. I mean, it was real estate's diverse, and we do a lot. So yeah, it was, there was a lot of stuff there. And before I ask Paul a question, I can just comment and people ask me how I'm doing. I don't know what mental health, normal mental health is. If I can think back to two years ago, like what, what, what is normal, right? I, like, I think I'm okay, but I don't, uh, how do you compare it to what you might've been like a couple of years ago? Mm -hmm. um, Paula, you know, what impact does physical separation have on mental health? Actually, it has a fairly significant uh, impact on, on mental health. Like, <laughs> I hate to do an extreme analogy, but um, solitary confinement is considered a punishment for a reason. We are very, very social beings. And even though it's true that you don't necessarily have to have a physical connection in order to feel connected, it's typically the way that we, we do feel connected. You have a shared experience. You know, you can see people's reaction. Uh, you can give someone else uh, a hug. You know, you've, you can, it, it's, it's very different than if you are, you know, even psychologically connected. 
uh, but not physically in the in the same place. And it, it, it's a big deal not to have that. I think one of the biggest risks is that we actually, as a society, even before the pandemic, had started to become more isolated. You know, we can do a lot of things by ourselves. We don't necessarily have to go out of the house. You know, real estate agents accepted, but there's a lot of things in people's personal lives where we haven't really been feeling that level of connection. And we've seen it measured over the past you know, 15 to 20 years declining. Like our, our level of connection with others has been declining and it's been impacting our mental and our physical health. And the, the pandemic, I think, has really just exacerbated that. So I, I do think that we need to be in, intentional. You know, just like in the old days, you didn't need to be intentional about your physical exercise because you worked in the fields and you walked everywhere because that's just the way it was. Uh, a number of years ago, we didn't have to be intentional about making sure that we didn't feel isolated because you literally couldn't survive without other people and they couldn't survive without you. And that's not necessarily the way that we're feeling as a society right now. And that's not necessarily, you know, the way our kids are experiencing life. So we have to be intentional about those connections. So, you know, I, I think this is such an important thing, you know, because it's not just about physical health. Um, Surgeon General in the U.S., basically says it's a major health issue on the, on the, on a, on a verge of, on a, on a scale of uh, smoking constantly. Um, there's a minister of loneliness in the UK because it's such a public health issue. There are studies that say that you know, if you have that sense of connection with somebody else, you could, you're, you can manage a whole lot more stress. So great on Tanya for being there for her people, because that connection is important to have people cope. Um, but if you don't have that, or if you don't have that in all the critical areas of your life, then it not only impacts your mental health, it actually impacts your cardiovascular health. It impacts your immune system. So it, it, it's enough strain that it puts strain on your body and impacts your physical health as well. Um, Paula, can you talk about uh, emotional exhaustion? What is it? And, and how do we combat it? Yeah, again, great, great question. And, and I think uh, Tanya sort of set it up really well um, because we're at a point right now where emotional exhaustion is prevailing. And how it happens is that you, whenever there's a strain, you know, you know, whenever there's a crisis or something out of the ordinary and something that you have that's a challenge, you know, many of us go into hero mode. And you described that well, you know, it actually builds up our adrenaline because we have to get the job done. We have to do X, Y, and Z. We're hypervigilant because we're paying attention. You've got news reports going on because you want to know what's going on all the time. Like the, the level of attention, we do, we do see it as like the hero phase. And that adrenaline keeps you going for a while, but it is not possible it isn't physically possible because adrenaline is a hormone. It's not possible to actually sustain that in your body. You have to have it flushed out, goes away. And when you do have the adrenaline drop, wow, 
Do you ever feel exhausted? Yeah. You are depleted. You've put so much emotional energy just in day-to-day life before that it is, it's, you just don't have the energy to go, go on. So all of that kind of, you know, intense emotion, intense activity, it, 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 a hundred percent of the time, it leads to this drop, this, this emotional exhaustion. And again, we started to, you know, in, in spring of 2020, we saw a lot of the hero stuff. In the fall of 2020, we started to see a lot of this, this, this drop. And you're, you're right. I mean, if it lasts long enough, if you don't get the support that you need, if you can't replenish yourself, then it does lead to burnout. You know, you, if you don't feel even motivated and not because you're not motivated, you don't even have the energy to be motivated. So this is where we need other people because very often, you know, I can come and I can say, I can give you the steps. Like if you feel this way, you have to add variety in your life. You have to reach out, you know, you have to seek, you know, uh, support from a professional, even just for a little bit, like one one session uh, to help you get to the next step. But so often when we're in that state of exhaustion, just getting out of bed is hard. Just doing the tasks that you need to do is hard. You can't think of another other thing to do. And that's why we have to look out for each other and help each other through that, that phase because that very often is what makes things better. We will be back after this short break. Join the ARIA Realtor Research Community to have your say when it comes to the services ARIA provides, the recommendations we make to the government, and the strategic priorities of the association. You'll receive exclusive content and be entered into monthly draws every time you complete a survey. Visit joinariaresearch.com to sign up and join an exclusive community of realtors making a difference. Joinariaresearch.com. It almost seems that uh, what Paula was talking about, it, it, all of us have, no matter what occupation you had, have and have here in life, uh, have had some form of it, uh, some higher, some lower and everything of that nature. Have you experienced any of this uh, managing a, a large group of people? And, and if so, what has kind of helped you through this and what has got you back on track to, to, to be you? So uh, if any broker owners are listening, they'll know that this position on a good day is a lonely position. Okay. Um, So I was, I was really gun ho. I mean, I'm telling you 2020 was a year where like my energy was up here, right? I had all the answers for my agents. I was looking out for them. I was taking their calls at six o'clock in the morning. I was taking their calls at 12 o'clock at night because they needed me. And in between there, I was being mom, I was being teacher, I was being wife, I was being daughter to, you know, elderly parents who don't drive, taking them, right, like it was, um, it was a rat race and I was not stopping, there was no stopping me. Um, But around Christmas time, where we usually go away um, as a family, and that didn't happen, um, I got tired. I got really tired. I mean, I was just looking and I'm like, I, I did all this work and this wasn't supposed to last this long. Mm-hmm. I-, I should be able right now. Like I did all this work and this shouldn't be happening. And, and uh, you know, I should be away with my family right now. This is my time. Like I was having, I was having a temper tantrum with myself. Um, so I spent a good, uh, a good couple of months, um, 
you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Right. I, I, I had all the books, um, I, but I didn't have, I, I just didn't know who my support was, right. Like who did, who could I talk to? Who could I confide in? Um, and that was my big challenge because a lot of people don't understand. I mean, we, Mother to mother and wife to wife, you've got a big support unit. Um, but in, in the business world, a broker owner trying to find another broker owner, um, you know, that relationship, it's not there where there's confiding. So you're, you're alone on a good day. Um, so when I, when I joined being a director with Aria and LifeWorks came up um, and then I was asked to, you know, uh, start presenting um, I still hadn't because I hadn't paid attention, right? I was too busy in my head with other people to worry about me. Um, so I downloaded the app because I was like, if I'm going to present, I better know what I'm doing. Um, and and, and uh, I downloaded the app and I did the questionnaires. Uh, so you take, there's four questionnaires, two minutes each one. And it asks you the questions you don't want to ask yourself. Right. I don't want to ask these. I don't want to know. I don't want to know this about me. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm like, I got this all right. I'm all about controlling myself so that I'm good for everybody else. And I know people can relate to this. And Paul is smiling at me. Right. You know, I'm good at that. Like, I'm good at this. And but I wasn't being good. Um, so that that's what I did. And and I, I cried with myself like I, I you, you, had, you had no idea. And then I, I started going on the site and I just started to read the articles, uh, find the books. Um, I, and that's where I, that's where I stopped because I just did. I, I found like what that for me was, was enough. I, I found uh, things that I could do for myself, take time for me, which I wasn't doing. Um, and that allowed me to, you know, call my agents and our conversation wasn't about business. It just became, you know, I I'm doing this. And um, doesn't matter how uncomfortable you are. Nobody knows your business, especially me. I, you know, you don't have to share, but go and do this. And even if you just ask yourself the questions, that is enough of a step for you forward to, you know, check in with yourself. And I, I you know, in the beginning, I was doing it every week. Now I'm down to about every other week and maybe if I'm lucky every three weeks, but I'm doing it still because I find, uh, you know, I had to check in with myself because I gave away so much of myself thinking I was going to be able to reward myself by going away with my family. And when that didn't happen, I, you know, we don't want to start bleeping out the things I said to myself, but I said to myself a lot of things. Like I really got angry and I got angry at life and I got angry at the situation. And I thought I'm doing all this work and I, I'm there and, and, and everybody can count on me and I can't have this time with my family. And how long is this going to last? And then Right. Yeah. You go down. And I'm, you know, I'm an open book. I, I, I want to share those stories with people because people look at me and they say, wow, Tanya, you really got it all together. And I'm like, hmm, if you only knew, <laughs> you know, it's not all it's every day is not roses and chocolates. And, and um, you know, some most some months, most days are worse than others. Um, I just found that through my business, this was the way I could keep on track when I felt I'm coming off track. Um, if I needed a check-in and sometimes there was just days where I turned the phone off, closed the light and sent my, you know, my kids to their rooms to do their work. And 
watch the real housewives all day because I'm like, I'm not dealing with life today. <laughs> Just not real housewives. It is, uh, you know, and then, you know, the next day, pick yourself back up and go and do it. So I, I then, I, and when you talk to people, a lot of people have that story. Um, they're afraid to share. So when I go out and I start sharing it, they're like, wow, okay. So this happened to me and this is where I'm at. And I'm like, we're all human and we're all just trying to figure it out. But honestly, I'm so passionate about LifeWorks because it got me just doing that questionnaire once a week in the winter months. Um, like it checked me in. I, I checked in with myself and nobody was checking in with me. Um, so I was checking in with myself, a little bit of accountability for myself too. Where am I? Where am I headed? Um, and a little preparation for the weeks to come. So I tell everybody, and I'm a huge advocate, and I share it with anybody who wants to listen to me, and I can go on and on and on about it because I really just love this program um, and what it can do for people. Um, you need to be more enthusiastic, though, Tanya. So, um, Tanya, you know, although realtors were permitted to do in-person business, uh, they were encouraged to work virtually wherever possible. So when most of your life is at home and now your work is at home, too, um, what impact did that have on you? I think you touched on it, but um, you know what 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 impact did that have? So on on me was a, a big impact not to go into my offices and see my salespeople because you know I'm I'm an, I'm a human person. I I feed off of energy. I I love the connection with my salespeople. I'm animated when I speak, even on Zoom. I use my hands a lot, and you know um, I. I, I want to bring people in um, and be excited. So going on to Zoom was was difficult um, for me. I even tell people now I, I'm still not used to it. Um, but, you know, agents did a really good job making that transition into virtual training, virtual meetings um, with the with your staff, with your office, with other agents, uh, with their clients. You know, it was different. Tanya, this is different, but, you know, we have to do it. So I'm going to do it. Um, and the virtual open houses was an interesting one. A lot of people did them um, and they were interesting. And there were some people who were really good at it. And there were some people who weren't um, and didn't do it again, which is natural in the industry. But I mean, agents did what they had to do. Um, and they followed the guidelines very well. Uh, I didn't have a lot of challenges um, when things came out of what had, what had to be done and how we had to operate. And if they did do in person, they were so safe, um, so, like, so many precautions. And the key was communication. So either way, whether you're on the phone, in person, Zoom, communicating the intentions and the goals and what people and you and yourself with those people needed was really important and I feel that that helped people in their business um, a lot because now you, you just can't kind of make a motion to something and then the person looks at it and they can understand what it is you actually have to be descriptive you actually have to get into the nuts and bolts of everything and so agents adopted really well but I mean, they were starving to get back to a little, you know, normal, back to the way it was. Um, you know, open houses are permitted now, though 
there are not that many. I don't see a lot anyways in my neighborhoods that I'm in. Um, but there were agents who still wanted to do them um, because they just wanted to be in the house. They followed the COVID protocols, two people at a time, sanit everything. But the fact that people were coming and they could walk them through together, um, it just gave them confidence and renewed energy. So they did what they had to do. Um, and they did it well, but I think a lot of them were happy to try to bring back some of what they were used to doing. And I might get flack for saying it, but it's the truth that, you know, we, I don't like to say what people want to hear. I'm telling you what I know for sure. And I know for sure that people want to get back to the way they used to do business with the tweaking of technology, uh, in it. But they did adapt. I did see it through everywhere. Realtors adapted and did what they had to do to get the business done and be there for their clients. Paula, that was no, that was a great answer, and <laughs> and 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 so many other. And I'm going to take part of that and, and ask Paula about uh, work life balance tips. We we heard some great ones from Tanya. Uh, what else? What else have you? used what have you recommended um that 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 you can kind of share with us uh because there's so many different ways of making sure the work-life balance is balance yeah absolutely absolutely and happy to happy to do so but i i just want to sort of pause a, a bit and 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 say how I had to smile a bit when Tanya's way of getting away from real life is watching real housewives. So <laughs> anyway, that, that, I think we can all relate to, to that in some respect. Um, I, I think we, we, we have to kind of look at work. We talk about work-life balance a lot, but it's actually a, a bigger need that we have. Uh, we have a need as human beings to stimulate ourselves in different ways and have different experiences. So I'm going to turn it a little bit uh, more clinical. When you think about what your brain needs, it needs to have different types of experience. You need to have the, the type of experience where you feel accomplished. You're doing work, you have a challenge, you get it done. You need to have the type of experience where you're laughing, where you're having fun. A different part of your brain is stimulated. You have to have that experience where you have even just blank space and you're able to explore and feel creative. You have to have that experience where you feel just connected and a sense of belonging with someone else. And if you're only doing one thing in your life, if you only have one path, if all of your hours in the day are work and then not work, then you don't have that variety of experiences. Your brain essentially is malnourished, if you want to put it like that. You need to have that, that, that different type of stimulation. And if you're not sure what I'm saying is true, think about kids. You know, like I say, you learn everything about what you need as an adult by just focusing on what kids need. And if you have a child who does nothing but does their academic work and then does nothing, just work and nothing, just school and nothing, school and sleep, that's not a healthy childhood. That's not going to be healthy in any way, shape or form. You need that variety and we need it just as much when we're 47 as when we are 17 or 7. So I, I think that it's important when we're thinking about work-life balance, don't think about it as the time I'm taking away from my work to do something that maybe isn't quote-unquote productive. Think about it as protecting your brain. 
Think about it as protecting your health. Think about it as making sure that you do have that variety of experiences because guess what? You will actually be better in everything that you do when you have that. That's amazing. I can't agree more. Um, You know, uh, Rhea partnered uh, with LifeWorks in June 2020 to offer our members and their families support during this particularly challenging time. You know, Paula, can you talk a, a bit more about the resources LifeWorks offers? Yeah, I mean, uh, what, what LifeWorks is, is, is there for is to be there for you 24-7, 365. And we know that different people have different experiences at different points in, in their life. So, you know, it's it's 24-7, 365. You can call and you can, you know, if you're in any kind of deep state of, of, of stress, it could be something about yourself. It could be something about your family. You're worried about, you know, your, 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 your spouse's drinking or your child has not come home. You know, anything. But it's also there when you're not in crisis and especially for that. So we also have this app where you can help build your resilience and your well-being on an ongoing basis. I would absolutely encourage everybody to do what Tanya did and to take those assessments to understand where you are at this moment in a very objective way. Because we have a wonderful way of, as human beings as talking our way out of reality. You know, we, 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 you see something and it's not convenient to see it. You feel it and it's not convenient to feel it. So we, we ignore a lot of things that we need to pay attention to. And, and this really just helps you understand what you shouldn't ignore and understand where you're strong as well and where you need to continue doing what you're doing. So it really is a health check, a mental well-being, physical, social, financial well-being health health check and helps you to your next step. The app itself isn't just the assessment. There's so many resources. There's information. There's tools. There's self-guided programs. There's breathing and meditation. And again, you can have access to a coach or a counselor whenever things just feel a little bit overwhelming. And and I I really want to stress the point that even though there's professionals there when you're in crisis, and some of us will be in crisis at different points in our life, it's not just for crisis. Just a little bit feeling overwhelmed, a little bit feeling like you have that need to reach out to someone else and you're not really sure who, a little bit confused about something. You know, very often you don't even, it's a one session, one conversation, or even half, or even a few minutes. It helps you get grounded and helps you be strong. So you can look at LifeWorks as your partner to be the strength, strongest you can be and the best that you can be, no matter what's, your going, what's going on in your life. Tanya, you talked about your experience and your first experience with it, downloading the app and, and doing the questionnaires, and they're very short, as you mentioned. So you've had you've had a very good first impression of it. So I'm going to ask you, uh, what what part of LifeWorks have you found to be the most helpful to you personally, uh, now that you've kind of explored a, a lot of different avenues of it? So, I mean, uh, I'm, a, I'm a reader. So I'm always about um, reading and taking and taking the notes uh, and and jotting down ideas. So when whenever I'm, you know, I'll I'll take note of what's there, what's available to read, and then I read and then I start plastering things on my walls. 
right? It's a, it's a, it's a tool, right? So I read something, I'm like, I love this word. I love this idea. I start writing it on cardboard and I, and I put it all over my dining room, which is my office because my kids take took everywhere else <laughs> in my house. Um, so, you know, um, but the tools, and then I've looked into um, speaking with financial advisor um, because for myself too, right? Like, you know, when the pandemic hit, you you worry, right? You don't know where your business is going uh, and you're in sales. So, and then from there, I also talked to other people and, and I thought, you know, let me get a feel. You know, has anybody else I know who's a realtor um, looked at looked at LifeWorks? And I was surprised that after our after our first conference, I had about five people I know uh, in the industry who actually spoke to grief counselors, who spoke to trainers. Um, and so it was it was good because it's like Paula says, it's not just when you're in crisis. There was somebody who's like, I'm home with my kids. I need to figure out how I'm going to feed them. We got to do activities. You know, they went, download the app and they went and they, they were in contact with someone. So I liked, I liked my flexibility. I liked that I could take it as far as I wanted to go. Um, so I, cause I'm, I'm a reader. I did everything by reading, watch some videos. Um, and that worked for me. Um, and then I made it all, all visual, but I liked the fact that this is as far as I, I could take it, uh, I, in that moment. But if I wanted to take it further, I could have easily just picked up the phone and taken it further. Um, and that's what I liked about it. And so when I go out and I talk to, to people about it, um, I tell them all the time, I'm like, you are totally, if you feel like you're not in control of anything that's going on around your world, when you go this way, when you like get into the program, you are totally in control of how far you take it and what avenue you want to take. Um, so if there's anything you, you need to know that you've got security about, it's yourself and how far you take this with LifeWorks. And that's how I, I'm able to, to share with people uh, how passionate about I am about it. Um, because it's good for, you know, Aria has been generous with, with the program. It's good for us realtors. It's good for our spouses. It's good for our children. Um, and when you say children, I'm like, I'm all in, <laughs> you yeah. know, but, you know, we're, we're as adults, we're going through, we're going through our emotions, um, as adults where we can comprehend and understand a bit better the world. Um, when you got, I have twin boys that are 14, my, my daughter's nine. And when I'm telling them we're not playing soccer, we're not going to hockey. No, we are not going to the park because the park is closed. Um, you know, how do you deal with that? We're social, we're social, we're a social, busy family. So for me, it was, uh, how do I communicate with um, 14-year-olds and 9-year-olds when I can't send them to their extracurricular activities? That gave me a break from being mom. It was tough. It was, you know, I can smile and laugh about it now, but in that moment, it it, it was tough. It, it, um, it, it hurt. It just hurt because you're dealing and now I'm, you know, dealing with my sons who want to cry but you know i'm 14 i'm not supposed to cry and i'm like oh no no you cry let's let it out i'll fight. let's sit at the table hold hands and we're crying it's all good um because they don't know how to right they've been on the go for so long so the nice this was the greatest thing that we could have done uh for our realtor community was partner up uh with lifeworks and especially if we're um you know parents with young ad kids um I'm sure that the more people that hear about this and know that this is available for them, um, they'll they'll get into it. 
because learning to communicate with our kids 24 seven um, without going to school and teaching them how we have to hold back uh, because of the situation we're in as a world, um, that's not easy because we're not used to having those. We don't know how to have those conversations because we're just used to being free and, and going. Um, so that helped me learn how to communicate with my kids and explain to them. I could do it with the realtors. They're adults. We have a different way of speaking to each other. I couldn't do it with my 14 and nine-year-olds um, because I didn't. I never had to. And they don't understand it the way we do. Uh, so, yeah. So I tell everybody, log in, read, call. Um, and as far as you want to take it, you take it. But it works. It works. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, when I uh, logged in, the one thing that I took away, it reinforced and uh, reminded me how uh, important exercise was to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I am, uh, you know, five times a week at Orange Theory uh, to uh, to make sure I exercise. And it's good for obviously for your physical health. But I notice that uh, more importantly, it's uh, great for my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, the the app encouraged me and reminded me to do that. Um, you know, before we go, um, you know, let's leave the listeners with a key takeaway, you know, something they can implement in their life today that can help improve their mental health and well-being. So, so Paula, what are some of the little things that you can work into your daily routine that can help you be proactive about your mental health? Yeah, so I, I'd, I'll tell you two things. I'd, I'd, I'd reinforce um, the uh, importance of uh, that variety of your life and connections with other people. But one thing that we haven't spoken about, which is we've seen in research how important it is for your mental well-being, is gratitude. And, you know, it's important to sort of understand and be focused on the fact that you might have a warm place to live. You might have, you know, some connections, you you know, things might not be perfect, but it does change your brain when you actually focus on being grateful for what you can be grateful for. And even if you're struggling with that, then show gratitude to someone else for what they're doing, you know, what they're doing and that you're observing what they're doing for you. And just showing that other people, person, that gratitude and recognition also will benefit you. This has been a very, very, uh, a great conversation. Uh, I've enjoyed talking to both of you. Uh, is there, is there anything else either of you would like to share before we wrap up this interview? The only thing that I would say is just to echo the fact that, um, Aurea is doing a very good thing by offering uh, supportive life works. And I would really encourage everyone to download the app. You will absolutely get something out of it. Everybody gets something different. Everyone gets something different out of the support that's available. But this is a good thing for your well-being, your, your career. So why not use it? I have to agree with Paula 100%. Download the app um, and get started. Um, and even if you just stop with the questionnaire, it's, you know what, it's, um, it's eye-opening what it, what it says back to you anyways. So, it, you know, go and do that. And um, you know what, talk to someone. It's like I tell everybody, um, you can call me because there's no judgment. I listen. We cry together. We laugh. It's all good. Um, but, you know, just take some some time for you because it's really okay. You, It's okay to take some time for you and, um, and high-five yourself. 
I'm reading a new book. So high five yourself. It does change how you start your morning. Fantastic, guys. That was a great conversation. Now, before we go, I want to remind you that all ARIA members and their families have access to LifeWorks, a well-being solution that provides users with 24-7 access to counselors, specialists, and self-guided resources for dealing with all of life's moments. Visit aria.com forward slash LifeWorks for more information and to access the service. The dream of home ownership is slipping further out of reach for Ontarians across the province. Visit aria.com forward slash affordable homes to read Aria's plan to bring affordability home. And join us in calling on our leaders and policymakers to help make this a reality. That's aria.com forward slash affordable homes. I'm also excited to share that the Aria Standard Forms team just launched the Standard a live weekly series that provides realtors with an opportunity to directly connect with the Standard Forms experts in real time. Visit aria.com forward slash the standard to register and watch past episodes. Get your Standard Forms questions answered today. That's aria.com forward slash the standard. And finally, don't forget to check out realheart.ca to read the inspiring stories of realtors giving back to their communities and to share your story. That's realheart.ca. That's it for today from Maria President David Oikel and myself, David Bastel. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again soon. Visit aria.com slash podcast for more information, links, and a full list of our episodes to date. New episodes are out the second Tuesday of every month. Oh, 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 o